Good friends. So this is us, those left on the raft with uh, no adult supervision tonight. <laughs> so uh, how are you? How's the heart-mind? Was, was it a rocky day today? Was it a, were you uh, touched or relieved by uh, seeing yogis, fellow yogis departing? Or maybe you didn't notice so much. Maybe uh, the weather had its effect on your mind, or maybe not. Just uh, checking in, how, what's the inner landscape right now? I, uh, I have some sadness, and it's, it's, I don't know what exactly it's related to, I can't, uh, but I've been checking in in the other sitting, and now I can still feel it. Feel it. There's a sadness in me, and it's just how it is right now. And oops, a little joy. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, uh, I'd like to uh, explore a little bit this. Uh, theme of a uh, feeling tone that we've talked already a bunch here and there during the instructions and uh, but to spend a, a, a chunk of time uh, looking at it some. Um, so I'll start with this uh, this little story. In the time of the Buddha there was a man uh, a merchant his name was uh, Visaka and uh, he was a follower of the Buddha, and sometimes he was going to hear uh, the discourses, the teachings, and the, the, the discussions that the Buddha was having with, uh, with the monks and nuns and with the lay people. And so one uh, evening, he came back home, and unlike uh, uh, every other night uh, when he was coming home, uh, he didn't acknowledge his wife, who was uh, standing by the door, welcoming him, as she was every evening, welcoming her husband back home. He just walked past her and didn't acknowledge her presence. And then he went to sit, and uh, she uh, she served uh, his meal, and he ate. And he didn't uh, engage in conversation with uh, with her. And she uh, she was a little intrigued. She, she knew something was going on, and she was wondering what was going on, but she didn't want to force anything out of him, so she was very attentive and patient. And then it went 
on like this for a while and at some point he did speak he said uh, he said uh, I've decided that uh, I'm gonna follow the Buddha I want to be a, a monk so I'm gonna leave uh, everything behind the, the children and, and uh, the household you know the house I give you everything and I I'm also gonna leave you because uh, I've been deeply touched by the words of the Buddha today and I really want to go uh, uh, completely uh, uh, take, take on his uh, teachings completely and he said so I'm giving you everything and she said no I don't want anything if you are doing this because there is something in there there is something in there for you there is something also in there for me. So I'm also uh, leaving the householder life for the renunciate life. And off she went. And uh, he stayed in the monastery, but she uh, went straight in the woods to practice alone. And she turned out to be uh, one of the most excellent uh, disciples of the Buddha. Her name uh, is Damadina. And uh, after she had reached uh, the end of the path, uh, uprooted uh, all the defilements and had a free, clear, bright, luminous, calm, peaceful mind, she, uh, she ran into her ex-husband. And they had the conversation, uh, which is a famous conversation. And, uh, and he, he asked her, because he was aware that she had gone very far on the path, and he asked her, uh, well, I have the text here, so. First part of the conversation, he said, what obsession gets obsessed with pleasant feeling? What obsession gets obsessed with painful feeling? And what obsession gets obsessed with neither pleasant nor unpleasant feeling? And you might know the answer by now. She said, passion, obsession, gets obsessed with pleasant feeling. Resistance, obsession, gets obsessed with painful feeling. And ignorance obsession gets obsessed with neither pleasant nor unpleasant feeling. This is a famous discourse, because it, it uh, a famous di dialogue, because it goes uh, further, and you'll see uh, later during this talk, I might pick up other pieces. But um, so the theme is the, these uh, three uh, feeling tones. Uh, Vedana is the word in, the, in the Pali. And uh, Vedana is the same root, root as uh, vivid. Vid, it's related to life, existence, feeling life, uh, experiencing life. So it's very central. Remove feeling tone, and we can't really say we're human beings. Because that's the, 
uh, one description of it is the there is a contact with let's say the eye and sight and when there is this uh, meeting of eye and sight and with consciousness these three things pressing together the, uh, the sense uh, and the object and the consciousness when they press together the juice that is coming out is the feeling tone and so you have this feeling tone that is associated with any contact. Uh, the five uh, senses that we know, uh, plus the sixth uh, sense of uh, the mind encountering images and thoughts. Uh, in Buddhist uh, psychology, the six senses. So there's always a contact, and the juice that comes up is the feeling tone. So that's very central, and it's also relentless. It never, ever stops. Our whole life, there's going to be feeling tone at every moment. And it's changing all the time, depending on uh, what is contacted. If it's uh, mind, uh, touch, sight, smell, we're always... Um, uh, well, one harsh way to talk about it would, say we're, would, would be to say we're always assaulted by uh, feeling tones. And so it's very important to get to know this part of our human experience, uh, especially because it's very, very central in this uh, endeavor that we're on of ending suffering. Uh, this is a very crucial link. Uh, I think last week I said, I mentioned this uh, 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 codependent arising, this, this way of looking at the chain that leads to, sh to suffering. And uh, Rebecca mentioned it last night when she was talking about Joanna Macy, uh, a teacher who was doing her doctorate anyway, around this theme of the dependent origination. Quite a complex teaching. Uh, I'll give you the, the, the essence of it tonight. Uh, so the essence is, there's a, uh, we find ourselves here. Huh? We, uh, we're here with six senses. Uh, and this is not a choice. This, this is a given. There's no choice about this. And there is contact. There is always stimulation. We see things, we hear things. Having uh, six senses means there's going to be constant contact with the world. So this is a given. Uh, there's no choice about this. Feeling tone is the last of these uh, given things. When there is contact, there is a feeling tone, no choice. If you look at this uh, chain of how suffering uh, finds its way in our lives, the, this, this bit here of feeling contact, six senses, contact, feeling tone, the trouble starts right after. Before it's, you could say it's fine. Before it's life happening, having a body, knowing the world. But when the feeling, t af right after the feeling tone, that's where trouble uh, comes. And this is exactly what Damadina was pointing to when she's saying passion, obsession, gets obsessed with pleasant feeling. Resistance, obsession, gets obsessed with painful feeling. 
ignorance obsession gets obsessed with neither pleasant nor unpleasant feeling. And so the whole idea with the feeling tone is that it is the trigger uh, for reactivity. So when uh, there is something pleasant in our experience, the tendency that is kind of uh, invited, or the door is wide open for this tendency to spring, uh, spring up when there is a pleasant thing happening is to want more, to uh, want to keep, to want to improve, to want to control. So this is what uh, happens when we have pleasant experience. You can see it on the cushion sometimes when there is some calm that comes or some, or some uh, some joy or some, something like this, or even uh, uh, some insight, the mind will gra grasp it. Insight is really interesting to, uh, to see. You, there's a, this flash of clarity about something, and then we can spend uh, 45 minutes after thinking about it and owning it and, and you know, like kind of bathing in it and, and complexifying it and, and owning it. And so you might see this in your experience. So that's, that's this exact tendency that is activated with pleasant feeling. With unpleasant feeling, two things are activated. The first thing is this resistance. So when there is something annoying, like a few seconds ago, there was a noise that came, I think, from, I don't know if it was the speaker, but I saw it very clearly in me. Like there was this noise and it was like, not the whole talk, you know, like a... <laughs> And I continued, you know, like I could still <laughs> function. We all can function. <laughs> but it, it was very clear to me there was, there was this contraction in the heart and, and there was a no, you know. So that was an experience of how this uh, with unpleasant feeling uh, comes in this rejection. And so uh, it is said that uh, unwise people, the way uh, what happens for them is that there's an unpleasant feeling, they want to reject it, and uh, the other, that's the first thing that is activated. The second thing, very interesting, it's because they don't know any other way to deal with unpleasant feeling, they start right away looking for pleasant. So not only do they push away unwise people, they also start looking for pleasant, because that's the only, uh, kind of happiness they know. So that's what is told of the unwise uh, beings. And then what happens when there's a, a neither pleasant nor unpleasant feeling tone, which we often call, uh, call neutral. So the neutral feeling tone, we just miss it. We, we, we don't notice it. And the interesting thing is that most of our lives are made of uh, neither pleasant nor unpleasant contacts. And so it means we miss a lot of, of our lives and uh, while being, uh, and you might see this in your experience also in the cushion, while we're kind of uh, using a radar trying to find pleasantness. And I've heard that in interviews, some yogis come, and I've certainly reported this a number of times too. There's nothing happening. What's wrong with my practice? 
like there's just like the breath and there's nothing happening and it's it's so boring i miss it so much that i'm actually willing to bring to memory painful past experiences <laughs> to solve because a neutral feeling tone is not something i want to deal with i i i don't see it i don't uh, i'm not interested in i have a, a certain uh, addiction to intensity. I don't know if any of you can recognize <laughs> even the 1% of, uh, of this in your experience. But this, um, and for me, I also can see, and maybe you can see it with you as, it's a, uh, this intensity makes me feel alive. And when there is a neutrality, I can be, uh, fear can arise in me that, that uh, there's not uh, enough happening, that I'm doing my practice wrong, uh, doubt can arise, and a kind of fear that the, there's something wrong, there, sh there should be uh, s something intense happening, something to fix, something unpleasant to fix, or something very pleasant to develop. Uh, I thought about uh, the, these feeling tone also in terms of uh, present, uh, past, and future. And uh, while well, the, the whole uh, reflection on this started when one day I was sitting on the cushion and I was, uh, I was uh, thinking, I was a little lost in thoughts. Uh, I was taking a break in, in a long retreat at some point because I had worked probably very hard and so I was allowed to take a little break. <laughs> and think about what would happen after the retreat. And at that time, I didn't have a, an apartment and I was going from center to center. And I just had this thought that I should buy a car and then I could live in my car and, uh, and go from center to center. And, and, and then I was really thinking like, oh, that would be great. You know, like it's not like an apartment. It's always where you go and you can have all your things and it's my little world, you know, and, and you know, I, and anyway, I was going on and on on this, and then suddenly I noticed that everything in my fantasy was pleasant. <laughs> I was going to live in a car, <laughs> and everything was pleasant about it. <laughs> and I just kind of caught this from the corner of my eyes, like, even when the car was breaking down and, you know, I was in Utah and, and the old man was fixing the car while I was like <laughs> looking at the cactuses, you know. And so I just thought, ah, oh, that's interesting. Like, I remove any neutral feeling tones and any unpleasant feeling tone from my fantasy about the future and then I really want it because I think it's going to provide lots of pleasant uh, uh, pleasantness. Hmm? If, you, uh, if you think the same thing about the past uh, in terms of unpleasant, uh, you'll see that when you rehash uh, maybe some, some unpleasant experience, you might make the whole thing unpleasant. You think of a a weekend you spent somewhere where things didn't go so well, you know? And, and you might see that, uh, or think of somebody you have problem with. 
for example. <laughs> Sometimes it's really hard to remember pleasant things about these people. The memories that come is like when they did that and when they said that. Oh, and two years before they had said that, and I've seen that about them, you know? So there's, there's, a, there's a, a thing, you know, there's a theme of unpleasantness. So it's not fair. So basically our memory is, is not something that is fair in terms of uh, pleasant, uh, the feeling tone. So, so take a look at that for yourself. Um, and similarly, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, future, you'll see that uh, when we want something, like my, uh, my thing about living in the car, or if you don't want something, if you fear something, you're going to project a lot of unpleasantness uh, uh, about what's uh, going to happen if it looks uh, if it looks like difficult. And I remember one year I was uh, after this retreat I was going to spend Christmas with my parents in a hotel in Florida for ten days, and I hadn't spent ten days with my parents, ten solid days in many years, and I was I was really. Uh, fearing this and like I couldn't imagine one pleasant thing in my fear <laughs> the actuality of it was very different you know there was a pool <laughs> <laughs> no I'm joking <laughs> my parents are very generous uh, people and, and there was many uh, moments of, uh, of uh, you know, s sweet moments and uh, and uh, calm moments. <laughs> um, what did uh, there's this famous saying from Mark Twain, and he says, uh, "I've been through a lot of uh, difficult things in my life. Some of them actually happened." Mm -hmm. case of the, the, f the neutral feeling tone, it's a little bit uh, more difficult to recognize in experience. And uh, I've read a beautiful image uh, in my readings, and uh, it was the, the image that was used was saying that uh, when you're working in your meditation with the feeling tone, and you're following feeling tone, um, you're uh, it's compared to um, following the tracks of, um, of a deer in the woods. So as long as it's pleasant or unpleasant, you see the tracks. But when the deer gets on rocks, you lose the tracks. Something unpleasant on my lip. And so uh, when you work with uh, being attentive to feeling tone, if you're not sure if it's pleasant or unpleasant, it's, uh, it's because the deer is on the rocks and you cannot see the footprint. So, so if you can't define if the moment is pleasant or unpleasant, it's because it's uh, neither pleasant nor pleasant. You are in the neutral uh, zone. So that's one way to recognize it. Uh, yeah. And um, also, I wanted to say, in terms of uh, the, the, is it uh, mental or physical? I think I should, 
we should talk about this a little bit. So uh, in the Abhidhamma, it says that it's, uh, it's both mental and physical. And, uh, but if you look at the, uh, the, the Goenka te teaching, uh, some of you have practiced with him, I think it's presented as being uh, that every mental ev event or physical event has a feeling tone that is uh, felt in the body. And, uh, and so you have two views, and I like when there's two views because then it's an invitation to be, uh, to be interested in, uh, and to investigate for ourselves. And actually, there's more than two views around this. The Abhidhamma will say that only, um, only touch is inherently pleasant or unpleasant. Only in, in the, f the, the body can you feel, uh, can you feel um, pain or pleasure. That, for example, um, sight or sound uh, would be, uh, would be uh, the pleasantness or the unpleasantness would be cultural or, or uh, preferences, would be mental things. It's interesting, no? And so an example to, to, to show you this is that um, take a bone and you see a bone with um, meat on it, maybe a little bit rotten. And so, uh, so that's an unpleasant experience. But uh, take a dog that sees the bone. And the experience might be very pleasant for the dog. So it's, it's, it's not inherent in, in sight. Uh, and uh, similarly, that's the Abhidhamma that says that in, in sound, that uh, uh, there's things that I enjoy that somebody else will really not enjoy. And so it's a mental feeling tone that uh, produces it. Uh, I've read uh, Shinzen Young, uh, writing and he was saying that uh, for him smell and uh, taste are part of the touch they're more subtle chemical experiences of uh, bodily experiences so he was saying that uh, for him the taste and uh, smell can have uh, inherently in them uh, pleasant and unpleasant so you can check for yourself I've, I see that m my uh, experience of tonight doesn't match the Abhidhamma because there's some sound for me that, for example, in volume or in pitch are so high that it's a vibration. It feels like a physical uh, experience. There's some music that I just don't like. It's, uh, it's more like uh, personal uh, preferences. That, so that's mental, some patterns that I like. But there's things that are physical that really irritates me, and it seems to be very much physical things. So you can see uh, in your experience how, how uh, these sh uh, show up, these feeling tones. So uh, how do, do we work with them? Well, Bring your interest to it is a, is a start, to bring your interest to it and try to recognize it in a very simple way. And so the Satipatthana Sutta says, when a feeling tone is pleasant, know it's pleasant. It's very simple. When it's unpleasant, know it's unpleasant. 
when it's uh, neutral, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. No, it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Um, also, why it's so important, it's because that's one of the area where we can see impermanence really, really clearly. If you take it as a focus of mindfulness, like in the Satipatthana Sutta, there's four places where you can put your uh, attention, your, your interest, the body, feeling tone, the mind and consciousness, and uh, the events of the mind, let's say. And so there's a whole sh chapter of our, of our attention that is given to, uh, to the feeling tone because it changes so quickly that it says to, it's said to be extremely potent uh, to reveal the impermanent nature of things. I think it's also very potent uh, in terms of uh, noticing uh, the, uh, the selfless nature uh, of our experience because we see that we don't have much control over it even though we try really hard to, to get one and not get the other, it's, it's extremely volatile. Uh, and I've seen it so many times and you probably have seen it when you know you organize yourself to have a, a nice pleasant evening or a nice pleasant something sit or a nap or it's time to go to bed you know and, and things are right you know like the sheets are clean I don't know what is your thing you know but but there's something right about this going to bed tonight you know and then you're just like ah and then next door, <laughs> you know, something happens. Or I don't know, or a thought cross your mind, you know, and then suddenly you're in shame and the whole experience that you thought was going to be pleasant uh, is not pleasant anymore. And so, uh, so you can see how, how we don't have control over it. It's not, uh, it's not ours in the sense that we cannot invite it when we want or get rid of it when we want it's it's uh, it's something that is imposed it's and and it's very part of who we are we know it from the inside yet it is imposed So it is also the Buddha compared it to weather, and he said it's like like uh, you wouldn't mess with uh, winds, for example. Sometimes they're dusty, sometimes they're dry, sometimes they're wet, sometimes hot, sometimes cold. To try to mess around with feeling tone is is uh, is like uh, is like trying to mess around with wind, trying to control winds. You don't you don't. It's not a possibility that you have. And so to, to see in our experience if it's true or not. And, uh, and in this exchange uh, that Damadina has with her, her husband, at some point um, he says, I'll try to find it so I can give it to you exactly.
So he, says, he asks her, in what way, and listen, listen to this, that's very interesting. In what way is pleasant feeling, lady? Uh, in what way is pleasant feeling pleasant, lady? And in what way painful? And so she says, pleasant feeling is pleasant in remaining and painful in changing. Painful feeling is painful in remaining and pleasant in changing. So let's start just with that. So basically she's, she's saying, you know, there's, there's no reason to make a whole, a whole thing out of feeling tone, you know, because the pleasant contains pleasant and unpleasant, and the unpleasant contains both also. So it's pointless to make, uh, to make you, your life evolve around feeling tone, around pleasantness, because when it finishes, it's painful. So the pain is contained in it. That's very important. And, and also, like a little other thing I'll add is, when it finishes, the, the pleasant becomes unpleasant and the unpleasant becomes pleasant. But what exactly finishes? That is the interesting thing. So it's not always the object, like let's say uh, there is uh, the cake that is in your plate in the dining hall, the chocolate cake, and you eat the chocolate cake and at the end it's gone. So the pleasantness is gone and then you're with unpleasant. That's not just that. It's the fact that our relationship with the object, even if the object doesn't go away, changes. That's a very interesting thing. And you s you, we see this with uh, kids, you know, they get a gift and it's very pleasant and after a while it's not pleasant anymore. The thing, the toy hasn't changed. It's the relationship to it that has changed. And so that's also an, a, a thing to see how unreliable it is. Uh, and a, an example I've used in the past is imagine somebody stroking your hair very pleasant, five hours later. <laughs> so you see how unreliable this feeling tone is? It's the same object, the same movement, the same uh, relationship, you know? <laughs> and now it's, it's, uh, it doesn't work anymore. Okay. And this, so she says, when pleasant finishes, it's unpleasant. When unpleasant finishes, it's pleasant. Big, big piece of wisdom here. If you can get that, you know, you're really not going to make such a big deal out of the feeling tone. And then she says something that, that, that is really good. Neither pleasant nor un unpleasant feeling is pleasant when occurring together with knowledge and painful in occurring without knowledge. And that's for me like, okay, so now we're opening the door to a whole other reality here. So this neutral feeling tone that we often miss, she's saying that if you are closely aware of it, if you have like a really high quality mindfulness, if you're really meeting this a neutral feeling tone very closely it's actually pleasant 
And when the, the attention is very superficial, it just jump over because the object has neutrality, blendness to it, it is said. So there's this blendness to the object. Like for example, somebody who starts meditating or a few years <laughs> within <laughs> the, or for in the first few years of meditation, we sit there and the, the, the breath is known as a neutral object. That's why we make it the object of our attention. So I don't know if you've noticed, but if, if the mindfulness is strong and the interest is there, the breathing becomes something very pleasant to observe, to observe the change in it. And if we're agitated, uh, like the first day we arrive on a retreat often, uh, the first few days, we try to look at the, to not look, but feel uh, the breath, but it just doesn't land, you know, it's, it's, and we're, we want something else. There's all kinds of things that are activated. We, we, we doubt is activated and boredom, judgment, you know, like we cannot actually touch it. But when we're able to really feel it, this neutrality becomes uh, pleasant. And so the link that I make with this is that uh, peace is an acquired taste. So that often we'll meet peace, but because there's a neutrality to it, we miss it. So we'll say like, so what should I do when I get, uh, when it, it's become like, there's, there's not much happening and, uh, and it's kind of quiet and, uh, and I don't know, should I inquire more? Should I investigate? You know, there's, there's this uh, kind of restlessness that can start because we're unable to actually just land in this experience. Uh, of peace and really get to uh, know it. So, so it's a really an invitation for you to bring atten uh, attention to uh, the neutral feeling tones in your experience. Two typical examples also are uh, uh, like looking at the floor here. You know, if you don't look at it, it's not something that you're interested in. But if you actually start looking at it, then like the richness of the wood, you know, and the, the intricate patterns start to come out and the golden color of it, or I don't know, but there's uh, when it's met with interest, some, some it can become something to, uh, to spend time with. Um, or if you bring your attention to, let's say there's no particular uh, uh, here, let's say here, to the side of your body right now that you were not aware of before I mentioned it. And then you bring your attention to it. For me, right away I can touch and go, oh, there's, there's, uh, there's, a, there's something in it, something pleasant in it, something some ease in there. And so that's like a thing we can look at. The Buddha um, also at some point um, decided to divide this whole feeling tone instead of in three, you know, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, started to look at it uh, in terms of uh, 
well, I make it easier, I would say, in terms of two. He divided it in two. And he said, uh, there's actually uh, entangling feeling tones, and there's liberating feeling tones in the, in the three kinds, you know, liberating unpleasant sensations and uh, feeling tones and liberating uh, pleasant feeling tones. So he was not saying like, I think I've mentioned it already a couple of times, that in this time uh, we, we wanted to really invest, uh, keep away from the pleasantness, because uh, there, there was this knowledge that it would bring up this obsession of uh, craving. So the idea was to stay away from the pleasant and, uh, and the unpleasant was uh, helping clear our karma. I talked about this uh, last week. And so the Buddha said, first, he was very clever to bring this whole thing of feeling tone in the picture, because he said, between uh, the, uh, what is pleasant and the craving, there's a link, and we can attend to this link. Instead of not having pleasant experiences and just going for unpleasant, it's possible to bring attention to this little event here called the feeling tone. And, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to uh, get wisdom from it and understand uh, what's going on. And so we don't have to avoid all what is uh, pleasant. And to give you a, an example of what he meant by liberating or spiritual uh, uh, pleasant sensations, uh, pleasant feeling tone is uh, renunciation. As he said, there's joy in this, contentment, calm. Uh, think of the four Brahma Viharas, um, the ten perfections. The spiritual path is full of pleasant spiritual uh, feeling tones. So these. Uh, they don't come from sense pleasure. They come from within. They come from qualities of the heart, qualities of the mind heart, uh, joyful interest, curiosity. Uh, all these are pleasant and they're leading onward as opposed to uh, sense pleasure which will, uh, when there's no mindfulness, let's make this very important distinction, when there's no mindfulness, sense pleasure, good taste, good sights, uh, good touch, feeling, they, they will uh, tend to uh, activate obsession with more, keep. Unless they're met with great mindfulness, then uh, they, they won't activate this. And so if we look at unpleasant, feeling tone in terms of liberating or spiritual and uh, entangling or uh, in the old tra uh, translation it's called uh, it's called uh, worldly uh, uh, unpleasant so um, for example um, the, these two qualities uh, the two guardians of the universe Hiri and Otapa uh, shame uh, and the uh, fear of uh, wrongdoing, before we 
do an action that would lead uh, to suffering for others. Sometimes we have fear. We see, we project ourselves doing this and the outcomes, and there's a kind of fear and shame that can come. Oh my God, you know, if I'm seen doing this, or if if uh, the repercussion this would have, you know. So these, uh, which are called the two guardians, they're not pleasant to feel. There's a fear. It's not a pleasant feeling to 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 have. Uh, so these are unpleasant, but they are liberating. And so we start to see that this, this path is not to be seen in terms of, uh, of what is pleasant and unpleasant, but really what is leading onward and what is stopping us. Uh, same thing when we actually, uh, let's say we have anger, Anger arises and we bring mindfulness or we have fear arising. All the difficult emotions, when they're met with, uh, with mindfulness, they're still unpleasant, but uh, they're leading onward. So they're the kind of suffering that uh, Ajahn Chah would call the suffering that leads to the end of suffering. So it's difficult, it's unpleasant, but then it's serving our uh, liberation, our understanding. Also, uh, a few words uh, about this neutral feeling tone when it's, uh, when it's uh, uh, liberating, uh, the liberating aspect of it. The way it shows up, you, you might, you, you probably have felt, every one of you have a few experiences of this. When there is a, so, so it's not always, this neutrality is not always coming from the blendness of the object. When it's the spiritual neutral tone, it's, it's, uh, it's the mind that receives it that is equanimous. So the neutrality doesn't come from the object, it comes from the mind that is receiving it. So sometimes you'll be sitting with intense pain. It's a very interesting experience. You're sitting and you're thinking. Usually I would say this is unpleasant. But right now, it's, it's, I can't say it's unpleasant. I cannot say it's pleasant, but I can't say it's unpleasant. So you see, this is a neutral feeling tone, and, so, and there's, there's, there's intensity here. But the mind that receives the experience is able to meet it uh, with equanimity. So there's neutrality in the experience. Uh, and so you can see it. Uh, here and there, and it's very interesting for, for me. That's something I, 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 I like observing. It's like, oh, I would, in any other circumstances, I wouldn't like this, and now, because the interest is matching it, or there's something about it, it's almost pleasant. It's unknown if it's unpleasant or pleasant. And so th that's the uh, the equanimous uh, mind. And uh, and what happens when we uh, 
keep doing the work we're doing here and so putting our attention also on feeling tone seeing the impermanence of it seeing the selfless nat nature of it seeing how unreliable uh, how dukkha it is i would translate dukkha here by by unreliable you cannot count on it it's it's so uh, it's impossible to control when when uh, this is seen we uh, we we uh, the the obsession of the mind gets released uh, we we have this passion we would say this this enchantment we're not enchanted by uh, pleasant and unpleasant anymore we're going for something else uh, we're going for the truth so these obsessions are reducing while we're here in a very important way and when there is a when there's no more uh, preference for pleasant or unpleasant then there's the whole world uh, becomes available we get rid of the radar that is always searching uh, that is busy the agitation that is always looking for what will be pleasant or to strategizing to get away from the unpleasant so we we lose this this is the peace the peace is lo losing this agitation so when we lose the preferences that we have then uh, there's a beautiful quote here by Darlene Cohen. Uh, she says, when preferences for a particular experience fade, the myriad things come forward to play, shimmering with suchness. Obviously flowers and trees do this, but so do beer cans and microwaves. They're all waiting for our embrace. It is enormously empowering to in inhabit a world so vibrant with singularity. So this neutrality that I'm talking about, this liberating neutrality, is, is, is what is meant by suchness. When we're able to see things exactly as they are in the imperfection in the perfection of their imperfection in their suchness and really receive them fully without the arm like this saying no or or without the arm like this saying yes more just receiving things exactly as they are Maybe I'll finish with uh, Dhammadina and her ex-husband Visaka. They have a whole ex exchange on uh, these feeling tones, very beautiful. And, uh, and at the end, uh, he asks her, uh, what lies on the other side of neither pleasant nor unpleasant feeling? And she said, ignorance lies on the other side of uh, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. That's our habitual uh, way to uh, react to a neutral. 
And then he says, what lies on the other side of ignorance? And she says, clear knowing lies on the other side of, igno of ignorance. So it means if you do put your attention uh, on this feeling tone, that's what you'll discover, discover on the other side. What lies on the other side of clear knowing? Release lies on the other side of clear knowing. What lies on the other side of release? Unbinding is on the other side of release. And what lies on the other side of unbinding? And then she says, hey, enough. It's <laughs> like, so you've gone too far. I've told you the end of the path that you want more. Go see the Buddha, see what, say what, see what he's going to say. And so she goes to see the Buddha. Uh, not she, he. And he, so he, he tells this exchange. And at the end, the Buddha says, Dhammadina, the nun is wise, Visaka, a woman of great discernment. If you had asked me those things, I would have answered you in the same way she did. And uh, so I tried to relay some of the information to you through uh, Dhammadina. So know the feeling tone uh, pleasant as pleasant, know it as unpleasant. If you want to add more, you can see is this uh, liberating pleasant or is this uh, entangling pleasantness? Or is this unpleasantness right now serving uh, the development of wisdom? Or is it uh, useless? And also the Satipatthana Sutta says, uh, no feeling tone from within feeling tone. So not the observer again, but really feeling it from within. And the last indication around this also is know the arising of it and know the passing away of feeling tone. So these are the instructions around that theme. I thank you very much for your attention. And uh, let's do a 20 seconds of uh, feeling tone tracking.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.